Knows anything about Kinson High basketball? We've got a, a very dominant program, but really have for uh, roughly almost three decades. Yeah, and it started with me because I actually was <laughs> I was on the team in 1985. Did you really? I were, did. Were you, mm-hmm. So I, yep. I've tried mm-hmm. out. Why do you seem so surprised? Because I, I just am. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is BJ Murphy with the BJ Murphy 360 podcast, and this is the first podcast of the brand new year 2020, and so we thought we would do a few things a little bit different as we kind of kicked off the year. I will bring Zach on uh, a little bit later. We'll do some more fun stuff too, but we also thought we'd add a little bit more uh, local flavor too, and uh, hang out with some folks in my backyard that might bring some value to you too. So the very first person to help us kick this off is none other than Graham Spear. He is the vice president of Perry Management uh, here in Kinston, but he does so much more than that. Graham, thanks for jumping on. Good to be here. I'm honored to be the first guest of 2020. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. Are you, uh, you know, I grew up here in Kinston. Did you grow up here as well? Did, grew up here. My family had a sporting goods store here for many years, Spear Sporting Goods. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the oldest sporting goods stores when it was operating in America. It was started in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. And my um, my granddad's uh, uncle had it had a bike shop here back then. And then he ended up being the first Ford dealer wow. in, in Kinston and then actually in Newburn. And so he convinced my grandfather's father to come from Virginia to come run the bike shop. Mm-hmm. And so my great-granddad, my granddad, my dad, my uncle, all uh, ran the bike shop. It grew from a bike shop to a gun shop to a uh, sporting goods store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked a many a Saturday. Used to love I, always work Saturday. That's a very definition of a family business. So it was definitely a family business, and it was kind of fun because I always knew what everybody was going to get for Christmas. All my friends, because we <laughs> sold trampolines and bicycles, <laughs> right? And so uh, it was kind of fun knowing what everybody was so getting. What, what ended up happening to the business? Because that's not what you do today. So. No, it's not what I do today. It's just everybody kind of got a little bit older, and then. And typically, you know, what happens with small businesses is, you know, family businesses, it's a little difficult uh, as families grow for uh, more folks to eat from that table. Right. And so uh, just my uncle ended up moving up to Colonial Williamsburg, and he's been up there uh, working. He loved going up there. He's a history nut. Mm-hmm. And so he works for Colonial Williamsburg, dresses right. up in costume, oh, that's, and oh, that's awesome. takes folks around, and then... My dad wanted to try something different. My dad started out actually as a basketball coach. He actually was the first athletic director, basketball coach, golf coach. I think they had track at Lenore Community College. Wow. And so he was there before he came back to work at the store. So he wanted to do something different. And I was uh, still in high school. Mm -hmm. So it was just everything has a season. And so so it was kind of time to – Turn a turn a page and do something different. So you went uh, went off. Where'd you go off to school? Went to Appalachian State, mm-hmm. and then I transferred back at uh, East Carolina. And so, what'd you, what'd you major in? Finance, mm-hmm, okay, business. All mm-hmm. right. And so, how'd you get connected with the the Perry? So I ended up um, real estate. You do a lot of like, was it real estate development, commercial? Yeah, we do. Our, our main focus is uh, real estate development, uh, commercial real estate. We don't okay. do very much uh, residential. Um, and so when I was in college, I was involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. And um, when I finished, I ended up going on staff with uh, FCA, and uh, the Perrys donated office space for me and were support 
for me as we were uh, doing that ministry. And then did that for a few years and then just enjoyed being in that office, enjoyed kind of being on the periphery of seeing what they were doing, and that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. And so then just started, got my real estate license, and gosh, I guess it's been 30, 30 some years. Wow. That one been kind there. of flew so by. Been a lot of fun. Now, I would imagine in the commercial, we live here in eastern North Carolina uh, in, in, in a town that really hasn't grown much. Mm-hmm. If anything, we've actually gone the other way. And we've mm-hmm. seen some some flavor of could that be changing? So it's been kind of neat to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in your business, how much of that is in your backyard? How much is it you do out, out of town? Um, we do a decent amount out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, we still do uh, a lot here. You know, we, we're we a little different. We tend to own the things that we manage and work on. Right. Um, so then we have a couple of big clients that we kind of cover from Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, that uh, we work with, and but we have stuff in Charlotte, Durham, Raleigh, um, down at the beach, and kind of all in between. And, and I've, you know, we're connected not only we know each other, but mm-hmm. but we're also connected on LinkedIn. So I see you mm-hmm. you're fairly active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. How's that been for you? Been very good, mm-hmm. very good. You know, I, I'm old dog, mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to teach old dog new tricks. But um, but you know, it's a good way. It's interesting, you know. You you see folks that you know that you're go to church with, or that you see at the restaurant on Saturday morning, and then when they come up and say, "Gosh, I didn't know that you did that," Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Well, gosh, we've been friends for 15 years. How did you not know that we did that?" Right. And so it's a good way to to not just to get new customers or folks that you don't know, but it's also a way to get people who are, you know, we all have this sphere of influence that is, um, you know, our inner circle everybody knows, but this kind of periphery, kind of outside circle that folks know you, but they really don't know you. Right. And right. so it's a way to, to reach those folks as well mm-hmm. and keep them informed of, of what you're doing and what's going on. And I've seen that with social media too, though, is as, as connected as we all are, we're, we're, th- there's not that emotional connection a lot of times. Mm-hmm. There's still, oh, I, I see what he's doing now, but there's still not that pick up the phone and call him and, and check on and him. And see how he could, you know, how you can help them. Or, right. Yep. yep. Interesting. So I, I've seen you're very engaged on uh, LinkedIn. Are you, You're on Twitter too, right? Uh-huh. Yep. On Twitter, uh, Facebook, um, Instagram. Hadn't gotten into Instagram as much. Mm-hmm. Just, um, but uh, but yes, I mean you know, and the goal for us on that is not as much advertising as it is just dispensing information, right? You know, trying to uh, hit topics like common area maintenance fees and what does that mean? Well, you might never do that, but one time you're going to end up trying to lease a building or do something, and you're going to go, well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so, trying to educate folks with some of those things, but also to let folks know, you know, what products available. Uh, some of the deals that we've done, what's coming to town, you know, what's uh, being worked on. So mm-hmm. it's just everybody wants information these days. I, and, I found that people want they want uh, they want information. They want it accurate, right? Uh, and they also want it fast, right? They don't want they don't want you know, fast inaccurate information. So it's really important to get solid, to get the facts right, and then push it out as fast as you can. I yep. mean, for example, it was, it was disheartening to see some of the disinformation unintentionally get spread about Kobe's helicopter crash. Yep. And just the, the I mean, one, the, when I went to bed after watching the TV all day long, there was 
uh, you know, I had five people on board. Mm-hmm. The next morning I wake up, there was like nine, nine. people. And I mm-hmm. said, I just, where, how did we get, and just social media, so many people just wanted to be the first one to get some information out there. A lot of it was wrong. That's right. That's right. And you've got to be, um, you got to be careful with what, what you put out, but also what you take in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, you, between retweeting and, uh, all those types of things, then that just starts to compound on each other and information gets out there that that is incorrect. So there are pluses and minuses. Uh, you kind of you still have to use your brain when you're deciphering but that I, information. I tell, I tell business organizations all the time, if you're not putting out your content, then someone is consuming somebody else's content. That's so right. the question to the And it could be about you. Right. <laughs> good, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. So the question is, do you want to help at, to some degree control that narrative or not? Right. And, and right. if you're going to be very passive, then you just have to assume that all of it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But the answer, the truth is it's not. I, I had a conversation with a long-term healthcare company about a year ago, and they were like, we want to we want to get our social game back up and going. We don't have a Facebook or anything. And I said, well, you kind of do already have a Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they said, what do you mean? And I went and just pulled up. I searched their company, mm-hmm. and I pulled up just one of their facilities, and people were making comments because if it's a location – then Facebook automatically creates it's like a default page. It's not right. the official page, mm-hmm. but there were comments and star reviews, and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't that great mm-hmm. because they weren't controlling the narrative. Right. So That's it's really right. important to help control that. Yep. Now I know your your faith is really important. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned FCA, which is the Fellowship mm-hmm. of Christian Athletes. That was mm-hmm. your pretty much your first job coming out of it college. It was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so tell me tell me about your faith now. I know you've been mm-hmm. really active in your church. Yeah, we um, it, it's. Is who I am. You know, mm-hmm. Micah six eight is our company's um, verse. It's kind of our our mission statement. Is to uh, which is important to us is to walk humbly with our Lord. To um, so it's important that uh, that's a part of who we are. It's not something that we just do on the weekend, mm-hmm. but it kind of uh, penetrates everything that we do, how we deal with customers, how we deal with clients. Um, and so uh, it's important. You know, my wife uh, has and s- uh, several friends have started a new school in town called Hope Preparatory Academy. All right. Why they do that? And they just felt like there was a need in our community for a faith-based uh, private education that was attainable and affordable to folks who typically can't afford it. Right. And so, um, you know, North Carolina has opportunity scholarships, Mm -hmm. and we hope it continues if the governor will allow them to continue. The legislature is in favor of it, but as you know, we're having that kind of battle between those two two branches. We don't even have a budget. (laughs) A lot of folks uh, missing pay raises and those types of things. Right. But uh, the opportunity scholarship gives folks that feel like they're caught in an education situation uh, that they're stuck, and it gives them uh, the ability to take the state money a lot less than what the state provides for them per student into a public school, but take some of that money and then uh, use it to go to a private school. Mm-hmm. And so what we've done is we've created a school whose our goal is the majority of the population that we're trying to serve would be those who don't have even the extra money on top of that to go to a private school Mm -hmm. and so we've gone out and raising funds to be able to uh, do that and then also it's the idea of a classical education which is not used very much anymore Uh, a liberal arts education a lot of in the younger ages 
a lot of uh, memorization. And then as you get older, then you have it in your in your brain. And so then you can then bring it back out and then understand how does that apply then to situations that I'm in. Um, so how is that it's different pretty than, than most public school education? Well, uh, public school, uh, classical is kind of the it's the way that Aristotle and you know education has always been. But in the last hundred years, it's not as much. It's more specific education for just math and just reading. And and what uh, uh, classical education will do is it, if you're if you're studying um, U.S. history, well then in art you would study uh, uh, U.S. artists. Uh-huh. And then in math, you would understand, well, how does math work with art? Or how does art work with math? And it's kind of a, uh, how does it all uh, play in together and weave in I, together? I remember, if anybody knows anything about Kinson High basketball, we've got a, a very dominant program, but really have for uh, roughly almost three decades. Yeah, and it started with me because I actually was <laughs> I was on the team in 1985. Did you really? I were, did. Were you uh-huh. So I, yeah. I've uh-huh. tried out. Why do you seem so surprised? Because I, I just am. <laughs> I, I tried out and I didn't make it, but I had no chance. I did it just for the, just to be able to say, "Hey, I yeah. tried out for the Kinston High basketball yeah. team." So you played? I did. I played back when Charles Shackelford was a senior, uh-huh. and Tony Dawson, our starting five, got full rides. Wow! And I, I kind of broke the streak. I you guess you don't what, hear that anymore. Yeah, that that I played. Yeah, no, we no, don't. No, it's no, not that, talked yeah, about five, much. Five stars got, <laughs> got scholarships like that. But let me tell you, I, yeah, all five got scholarships, and um, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. My dad played for Paul Jones, was on one of the first Paul Jones Jones teams, Mm -hmm. and they won a state championship. And then I played – we didn't win a state. We got beat by Robert Brickey's team in the semifinals of the state Mm -hmm. that year. But needless to say, I looked really good in warm-ups. <laughs> right. And I got in a decent amount of games because we blew a lot of people out. I, I but, was, uh, that was awesome. I, I, I tried out, and, and actually the reason I was thinking about arts and education, and I thought about because uh, high basketball is, is this point, but I also uh, was the uh, the kind of the ball boy or the manager with Casey Oliver for Coach Jones this last season. And uh-huh. If you don't know Coach Jones, he was one of the all-time winningest coaches in high school history in, in uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I tried out, uh, it's now his, he's he's gone on, he's been a commissioner and he's retired in education, but the high school coach then was Craig Hill. Yep. And I remember one day in the tryouts, he started talking about basketball as really geometry mm-hmm. and he talked about how the ball bounces off the backboard and mm-hmm. how you're, you're shooting a free throw and it's all about your body position and angles and stuff and i just thought that was that was an interesting way to teach how basketball really works yep yep well craig was my jv coach mm-hmm. so i blame him that my varsity career wasn't as good because he didn't coach me very well <laughs> he didn't coach me up good enough so it's all craig's fault that i wasn't you know the the uh, percentages or the the thing they were talking about with one out of six varsity Kenson High School players make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been two out of six, but Craig didn't coach me up well right. enough. Well, so we'll just blame it's his fault. Him. And speaking <laughs> speaking of NBA, uh, by the time you get this, it'll be a, a little bit later. But last night we learned that Brandon Ingram, yes. who's from Kenson Kenson High graduate, we watched him make his decision to go to Duke here. And uh, he was a one and done at Duke, mm-hmm. and what was he uh, number two or three overall? Number two uh, draft pick. I mean, mm-hmm. just amazing amount of talent in this very tall, lanky young man. But he has got he has shown amazing grit, determination, yep. all star, made uh, all star as, as this as of this. I've season. got a great Brandon Ingram story. We, my son, a year and a half ago, uh, got married out in California. His mm-hmm. his met his wife at Baylor, where mm-hmm. he graduated from, but she was from Los Angeles, and so we went in March. 
went to the wedding and we were all set up. Uh, Brandon and his dad had uh, were, uh, got us tickets to a LA game, to a Lakers game. And it was very exciting. And while we were there, Jimbo Perry, who I work with, uh, was on a bus from the airport. And I think there was an article about this, but on a bus uh, to go get a rental car and met a couple from Chicago. And they had a Lakers jersey on. He started talking to them and come to find out that she had, was battling breast cancer. And they were coming out to celebrate her last chemo. And they were actually Brandon Ingram fans. So we called uh, Donald. We called Brandon's dad. Right. I saw him today at lunch. Yep. And mentioned it to him. He said, well, tell them to come down. And so they introduced them to Magic Johnson. And Brandon said hey to him. And it was just a a neat, neat way to how the Lord used a special situation and Brandon's um, a, a willingness to to talk to somebody and it made their made their day and it was a lot of fun. So and, we're and, and that's great. And in, in, in our community, you said one out of six. I mean, Charles Shackford. We can name a, a bunch of names: Jerry Stackhouse and Reggie Bullock and and Brandon Ingram. What I have found in the community though is that the kids see these guys do something with their lives and achieve. Mm-hmm. An, an incredible, almost insurmountable goal, making it all the way to the National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives a lot of kids in our backyard a tremendous amount of hope, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. someone to look up to. Mm-hmm. And it, that's one thing that's been really neat to watch over yeah. the years. Yeah, and so what we're trying to do at Hope Prep is we're trying to say, hey, not everybody can be an NBA star, mm-hmm. but we all have God-given gifts and talents that we just need to develop. And so we are trying to create a educate educational atmosphere where these kids uh, can come in and have those same goals. They might not be an NBA All Star, but they could be a CEO of some Fortune 500 company one day, Absolutely. or they could be a pastor, or they could uh, start a newspaper, mm-hmm. online newspaper in right. their hometown. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things they yep. could do. Uh, well, it, if and as we close, if you could, if Graham, you're what 52, you said, just 52. So if you could tell 22 year old Graham, you just got out of college, you got this great idea about helping the FCA. If you could tell. Mm-hmm. At 52, 22 uh, gram spear, what would you? What kind of advice would you give? Who that would be uh, interesting. Um, you know, I think the most important advice that I would say is that time is short. Don't always think that uh, I can do that tomorrow, mm-hmm. and we're not promised tomorrow. So spiritually, um, it's important to understand if something were to happen to me today, do I know? Where I'm headed, mm-hmm. and to seriously ask that question and seek God's uh, guidance on where that is. My wife and I just uh, celebrated 26 years of marriage, mm-hmm. and um, my family history growing up was my mom and dad both, uh, they liked weddings. And so they both had several of them. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I didn't have, you know, a real. Um, example of of what uh, a true marriage would look like. But when I became set to Christ as my Lord and Savior, I can look over 26 years of marriage and understand only through the power of the Holy Spirit have we been able to hopefully glorify Him in our marriage, but I love my wife more today than I've ever loved her in my life. And I wish I could say it's because I'm a good guy, and it's not. Mm -hmm. It's because... 
Jesus works through me. And so understanding that at a young age, I tell my son that you know every day, even when times are good, leaning on the Lord in those areas. But then secondly, to, to understand too, uh, I read a quote in a book I'm reading right now the other day that said, you're either green or growing or you're ripe and rotting. Mm-hmm. And so never feel like you've arrived. Always realize that every day, seize the day, um, to always try to grow every day, learn something new, and never be satisfied. Um, not in a way of trying to get more money, a fancier car or a bigger house, but uh, even in your spiritual you know, uh, life. Never be satisfied thinking that, that God's taught you everything you need to be taught. Right. But always know that there's something else out there to learn. And, and surround yourself with folks that have uh, your best interests at heart that, that you can learn from. Right. Couldn't say it better myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, thank you for, for being Glad on to today. Be uh, there's a lot. That, hopefully there's a lot you pulled out. There certainly was a lot I pulled out of it. And uh, we'll, we'll have this posted soon. And But some of that I can tell that uh, some people get a lot out of that. I, I would encourage you to write some of that uh, in down in a journal uh, <laughs> and, and apply that. Uh, to your life today. Graham, thanks for yes, coming. Yes, sir. Thank you. It. All right. Y'all have a great day. Make sure you follow Graham on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, maybe, and Facebook. Y'all take care. Have there a great day. Go.